I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Darren is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. Oxygen, that, that's that's a trinity that's the triad that, that are very that are very similar but then the nitrogen aspect it, there's a lot a, a lot smaller percentage of what life is made up of is is nitrogen okay guys welcome back to the Grand America show we are going to be chatting with Ryan Merkel a little bit later getting into some quadrant theory uh, a little complicated at times, but he does a pretty good job breaking it down. Something we never really heard of before. He tracked us down on Facebook, and I'm glad we had him on the show. It was a fun show and uh, an interesting chat. I know the live people seem to like it. And we got Graham. Can't leave my host Dunlop here out of well, his I'm, house. I'm out of my house. I can leave. Boy. I can leave. Remember I just don't want to leave. Remember when you were podcasting from home? I, yeah. Well, that <laughs> might come to that again. Come along it way. might come to that again. I mean, you know. It better not. It I'll might. Be super I mean, disappointed you know, if you stop well, we, we can't live. Hey, it's just the live streaming. We can stop live streaming. We do whatever the fuck we want. Now we'll just say we green screened it. We're in different studios. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're just spliced together. Why can't we live stream? <clears throat> think the- because it's just obvious that you're breaking the rules. What if we sit like this? Yeah, then it's okay, I guess. Yeah. I don't care, to be honest with you. I don't no, care. Me either. I'm just so we're talking. We'll get a mask. We're going to ramble a little bit here in the intro. We got, you know, we we try not to talk about COVID, and this is one of those episodes where we shouldn't be talking about it. But since this is all getting really close to home, we're going to have to talk about it a little bit. I think. You know, okay. this is uh, so we're just going to ramble on a little bit. You can fast forward to the episode uh, if you want. The actual interview with Ryan it was a great chat. Timestamp in the show notes. Yeah. If you don't want to hear a lazy rambling, but we're just entering all COVID. What do we have a color code like Ontario for the lockdowns? We're in the purple. No, 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 no. That's that's the location. I feel like that. I'm talking about the red. The red. They're in the reds in Ontario. Oh, are they? I don't know. I talked to Kyle though, and he said uh, nothing's closed. Everything's business as usual in northern Ontario. Yeah, that's coming. It's coming though. They said it was coming. I saw a little bit of Doug Ford speech. Speaking of Doug Ford, they crowded around his house right now, banging pots and pans. I love it. I love it. (laughs) He might change his tune. I mean, is that what we have to do? Is that what we have to do? We have to get find our politicians' house and bang pots and pans or send emails. I guess. I mean, is that working? Is that even going to work? I don't think. See, I don't think any of this stuff. There, there's something fucking really fishy going on here. Because they. They, oh, I don't want to, I don't know what to say. I'm just, I'm blown away the last few days. I'm a little bit out of sorts. I, hearing our premier talk about it, trying to straddle that line between freedoms, which people seem to think we still have too much freedom here because the restaurants are barely open. Vocal minority. Right? Yeah, probably. But we still have that tiny little bit of freedom, but we can't go visit each other. We can't have people over. We have to wear masks indoors now and businesses. There's all kinds of new lockdown. I think it's compared to comparable to Ontario's red, maybe orange, maybe orange. I think we're still, you know, fairly, I don't know. I don't know well, what to say, but it's creepy, studio. but it's creepy to see it happen. 
Just with your own premier talking about all the studies that show that masks really show us those studies. I missed all that. I watched the whole thing. I was, I was, and I, was I gotta tell you, and I came back on my phone, just started blowing up. All these texts start coming through. Are you watching this? These motherfuckers. Can you believe it? I'm like, oh boy. Well, I was in this other, I was in this other group chat with a bunch of people from Vancouver that are all opposing this, connecting with other people through my buddy Rye. I sent you the list of the stores that are cool. Is that from Rye? Rye's website? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah. So anyways. I mean, honestly, my thing is every store has been cool. Every single one. Okay. Anyways. I haven't tried to go to Costco or Walmart though, because I'm not interested in giving them my money. Well, they're different because they're, they have corporate rules and they won't let you in probably. They, did you see that viral video of that lady from Calgary going in and the cops came and she couldn't go in and didn't have a mask and you didn't see that? No. In the Costco, yeah, I think Costco and everybody's shaming Costco's her on Instagram, and, and it's like, oh, I know that's. So, anyways, you can what, shame me all you want. Apparently, I'm a a Chad. I still don't know what you're that a is. Based Chad, yes. You didn't get a definition for that. Uh, I got a couple of memes. Actually, one just came in. Okay, this can we other. just can, like we're just fucking bouncing all over on the topics? Can I tell you? We have to have. A little bit less interruption and more streamlined discussion here, please. Oh, what? We're going to change it up 460 episodes in? This is worse than normal. Is it? Yeah. I can't even finish off a thought. Maybe your thoughts are just broken. Maybe. I'm excited. I'll, I'll, I'll like look it. into that. Okay. <laughs> I will. I was just explaining about the group of guys and I was watching them watch the live show. I was a little bit behind and the guys are like, no lockdowns. Like, I was excited. And then when I started watching it, you see Kenny talking about the freedom, talking about how he understands that this could be worse than the thing. I'm like, wow, this is pretty good. He seems pretty aware of the issue about freedom. And then it changes, takes a turn, but we're locking everything down. But these are the rules. And it's just gross to hear it. Gross to hear it coming so close to home. I know people have been dealing with this all over the world, but. All the restaurants you know, are opening stuff though. I've seen mask and, and, and lockdown studies that show that it's not helping. Where's all these ones, this bucket full of studies you're talking about that show that this is the way to go. Uh, it's just, I feel like we're just living under this huge lie. And I don't, I don't know what, <clears throat> what's going to happen and what to do about it. And we've been talking about it, the slow motion thing for eight months now, nine months, but now it's here. I'm going to just keep stress testing it. Yeah. I got my sister coming. But should town. you, I mean, maybe you should stealth. Maybe you should stealth and just wait for the right opportunity to, to disengage. Flying into Edmonton, and then she's coming down for a couple of days. Help me deal with the elk. We got family coming out for Christmas. But how are you going to stress test it? By well, I'm just going to do those sorts of things. I oh, those sign signs, I'm yeah, yeah, but that's not very obvious. Signs. I mean, I'm going to put the sign on in my window. It's the mask thing. That, that's well, really becoming, it's becoming to the point where Kenny even said it. They were highlighting this. Unless everybody does it, it's not going to work and it's going to get worse. So everybody has to do it. Do your part. Fuck you. Like, so how has it been going so far? You think that that's because everybody hasn't doing it? And then there's the shame thing that's going on. Have you heard about the people that are getting, that are feeling the shame? If anybody wants like a, a, a bi-weekly rundown of COVID stuff, No Agenda does it at the beginning of the show twice a week. Look up the No Agenda show. Everybody's heard us talk about it before. They're highlighting this, this shame that people are having when they get COVID. They're shamed. They feel, what, what do you call it when you're put in that, uh, 
pigeonhole kind of thing. Like when you're, uh, ostracized. No, no, it's different, but there's a whole shame thing because they feel like they didn't do things right and all that. And, and that they've been labeled as like a far right Trump supporter, anti-masker because they got the thing. I mean, oh, people funny. are so out of control. You, it just shows you that you can't control this thing. You can't wear masks and stay six feet apart and magically it's never going to get you. I, I mean, can, today, people, the people think this. I got told today by a friend of yours that uh, meeting for dinner is a right-wing conspiracy or right-wing uh, thing. Yeah, it's the, this is how bad it is. It's unbelievable. Any kind of talk of freedom right now is selfish. Do your part. I, For the build I back better. I any of that. I'm not interested in, the, in doing my part. Just a weird shame yeah, thing. The weird shame thing that people, I can't believe people don't realize that. And not only that, the testing. If you haven't got any symptoms and you think you're positive, you might not even have it. What do you think Portugal got rid of the PCR test? I can't believe they're still using the PCR test after all this debunking of it. In some ways, I think I welcome the harsher, the harsher measures. Seems like every time they clamp down a little harder, more yeah. people fucking hit the fan. So yeah, just, maybe. Maybe it'll get to that point where it, when enough countries and enough provinces lock down. People just have e enough. Overreacting on these lockdowns, people will start to... Yeah, you might be right. My sister said that today. She said people are too smart. They're not going to go for this. It'll open up. Yeah, I'm just going to bear with it. Another little while. Sucks. Chad. I had to wear a face shield today. Well, that's better than a face mask. I mean, honestly. I felt better. It's not that, like, this is what I don't understand. But you know what? And then it's still like, I go up and it's still like the same thing. Everyone's masks are on their chin or, you know, at the, be at the beginning. That's what I it's mean. It's just, <laughs> people are touching their face like 50 times a minute. But none of them are sick. Like, none of these guys missed any work. Oh, what was that study you were talking about? What study? I was talking about. Uh, nurses and doctors more oh, susceptible from, to respiratory. I or something. That Is that what made you a base that... Chad? No, I think it's my hunting picks. Oh, yeah. I know. I noticed your dead animals oh, are in the I, chats and, and stuff. I, you got to post dead the, animals everywhere. I just do what I want. <laughs> I, and then I, I posted the Hitler vid just because it was pertinent, not because I'm a Hitler fan. Exactly. <laughs> what, what was the Hitler vid? I don't know if I saw that. Him going on about uh, internet people who live in all these different countries that are deciding German, basically calling out globalists. Someone called me an anti-Semite. Of I course. Like, <laughs> I don't think he said Jews once. And I'm part Jewish. The smart part. The smart part. I don't know what the smart part is. Yeah, you're the There's Ashkenazi. Aren't you part of Ashkenazi? Or? 2%, baby. Yeah, they're the smartest people in the world. Indians are far behind. So there we go. <laughs> so is to, that uh, what got you called based, a base Chad then? Yeah, but no, it's funny enough. It's come up like... Those two Chads. It's was come it? up a few times in the last like couple of days. That's awesome. So you're a Chad. I guess I'm a Chad. I, I Yeah, I just... Wow. What is it? I'm not too sure. I, so I'm not up wanna, enough. I'm not up enough on all the that culture war stuff. Or, so do you want to give me the a live thing on the definitions I'm getting from what are we calling them? What are we calling Brian? Chad. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 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 
That's probably why his nickname is Chad. Oh, boy. I can't say this on the show. What? Do you want to say it? Are you doing definition of Chad? Okay, hang on. Why, why can't you, you say it? I'm not saying it. What? Because it's a on. terrible sound bite. Which one is it? I'm at the bottom? Or? here in the near future. Which one is it? I don't understand. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I understand any better. Which I don't right understand. Right above that. Right above that. The the bird one. Below that. The below that. Epic and based and red pilled Chad's dunk on soy <laughs> cut beta virgin <laughs> faggot. See their harder go dilate tranny. What? <laughs> I don't know. You shouldn't have said that. Why not? This yeah, is like you, this speech. is you. <laughs> I'm not. That's not what I said. That's what he sent me. This is your label. This is your That's identity now. Definition. Epic and based and red pill chads, dunk on soy cuck beta virgin faggots, seed harder, go dilate tranny. That's terrible. That's your definition. That's what I am. That's what I guess. I don't know. That's what you gave me to read. Read. So I said I didn't understand any better. Uh, he, oh. I was walking to work this morning. When this six foot two dude with a square jaw and a strong chin came out of nowhere, he's dragging a luggage he's plus a laptop bag, but he was out walking me. I generally walk pretty fast. <laughs> Say it again. I generally walk pretty fast, but this guy was out pacing me. So I tried to keep up by walking immediately behind him to minimize air resistance. After walking like that for a while, he noticed and asked why I was walking so close behind him. And I told him I was drafting. He just said, oh, okay, and kept on going. <laughs> After even more, he arrived in an office building and was greeted by a Stacy who asked me who I was. Chad said I was just drafting as I said thank you and kept walking. In the distance, I heard Stacy say something, something weirdo, and Chad said he's just drafting. The end. Well, hey, I don't think Chad is a tardy fellow, so you can't be a Chad. I mean, you would, you, you definitely don't keep up that walking pace. I mean, maybe Seething if you're hauling glarpers, when the Chad Doomer Keck looters tell them to cope to be more Chad because they're not based enough. <laughs> I don't understand like six words. In that sentence. So does this mean I'm officially old? Oh, lightheaded. If I don't understand, like most of a paragraph, you're old. You're just you're disengaged in a pro in a proper way. You don't want to you don't want to know how much time you need to put in to understand that to understand those slang words. Yeah, okay. I mean, I caught like half of them. I'm but, not even sure. The but when you put I them all together, like, understand the keck thing. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, anyway. the meaning just changes as these cultures want to change the meaning. I mean, they they. They, they take a word and they change it and then they put it back out as a different meaning. So, they change the dictionary on the fly. Well, everything in Alberta was getting locked down crazily. I was on the Canadian Area 51. Did you see anything? These guys, you do not need to worry about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, even Michael, or, well, let's explain. Uh, even uh, Truffaut was, no, we call him Michael on the show, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Even Michael was like, wow, I'm not so worried about the Canadian military anymore. <laughs> it was just like uh, kind of mixed up and not as nearly as. You'd think they'd be on their prime right now. You would think, yeah. Being just about ready to lock the fucking country they down. They didn't give and... a fuck about masks really till the, their boss came out and was like, you got to watch the masks. 
Like, but I don't understand. You're on a. You're outside. Kept getting you, out of the because you have to. When you go on the base, you get searched. When you come off the base, you get searched through a checkpoint type thing. Yeah, and they want you to wear a mask at the checkpoint. Yeah, because you're interacting with their personnel in the truck. But none of their per. No, you get out. Oh, you, you get, get out and go into the. Police, oh, I see. The vehicle, oh, okay. None of them gave a shit because I didn't wear. I I actually brought a mask for that. Because I really wanted to go hunting. Yeah. And you're going on to military property. So I was, I fully thought that if I said I was exempt, they might just say, well, go be exempt over there. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not a public space type thing. I'm trying to get onto private property in a sense. So this is a huge military property. That's like 2,700 square kilometers. Really? Yeah. 2,700. No, that much? Yeah. Wow. That's Six, huge. Like 60 by 60 almost. And they got, and they've got so many elk there that they have people go in and hunt. Yeah. They give out 500 tags a year plus to let some Indians in. So 500 tags plus you, you guys. Huh. I don't know that everyone feels it. They, it sounds like in the first group, only half of them got filled and uh, so like, a bunch of people got stuck. So like, like it's a mess out there. A lot of people were getting stuck. Because there's like, no roads or what do you, I don't some understand. roads, but they're not really plowed and it's windy and the snow's blowing around. And they're like, if you get stuck, don't call us. You're on your own. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I've heard like uh, the first, so I guess the first batch of people that went in, like some people got stuck, were stuck for space to two days trying to get unstuck. So is there a whole bunch of places to go in and enter them? Like how do you pick you where to you're go going? In through like, two gates. There's two gates to go in. And, and then, then is it only giant... you at the time? Like during those days, it's only your party? No, there was like when you showed up, there's like a hundred trucks all in, what? all in a queue. Yeah. Really? All running. All of <laughs> Really? All listening to the orientation on the FM, and then they'd come by all the windows, and then you split up. So there's the main hunting areas, like the whole sort of east side of the base, west side of the base, very big, probably like 40K by 40K that you're just driving around and looking for animals. That's what we did the first day, didn't see much. And then there's a couple uh, natural wildlife areas or something like that, NWAs, that you can't you can't drive in. And there's special draws. So with the first day we put in our plate, we didn't get in. The second day we did. But then you can't drive in there. So it's a ton of walking. There's a ton of elk in there. We've probably seen a thousand elk almost that day. Hundreds and hundreds for sure. Like as soon as we went in there, we see them on the one side, see them on the other side, seen a herd of a couple hundred. So any, but you weren't any closer to shooting them that, no, that you're like a kilometer away already or the way yeah. out there. So how did you get from one kilometer to five kilometers away then? Cause you're well, this is where you're seeing you them a kilometer or two, and they run fast. Like, you start walking up to some elk that are a kilometer away, and they run away farther. <laughs> or you have, like, I have a scope, so I can see with my spotting scope a long ways. So there's a ton of people. We walked in, with, and we kept, we're watching one herd. So you're watching, there's, like, probably three or four herds in these hills, and we just kept walking and walking, and we were going after the main herd, going after, going after, and they kept going farther and farther. We are trying to catch them before they got too far, but five kilometers in, or like three and a half miles, there's uh, the river ridge, and it's pretty steep, and it's hard for them to get down. So I was trying to head them off there, because when, when we came by, there was a bunch, of, a bunch of people walking in up on the north of them, so we went down to the south of them, hoping they'd chase them down, and they were kind of stuck at a pinch point there, but... I mean, it's a long way. And so we were chasing the main herd and it was neat. Like I came over the one hill and there's like two, 300 elk 
like just on this other hill, like 700 yards away, just sort of out of my range. Wow. And you can't, you know, you probably hit something if you fired into the crowd, but I'm very specific on what I'm after. I don't want to do that. Yeah. You don't want to things just, and oh, yeah. kind of gung-ho. Yeah. yeah. So we seen that and they went back over the hill again and I started going over my miles stayed on the hill and I started chasing them one more time because that was the last hill and now they're like, it was neat because when I got like halfway to them, you can see them where they're stuck in the corner and it just almost looks like moving carpet. There's so many of these giant animals and they're like waiting because they can only go down this ridge line slowly in single file and fucking 300 of them have to get down there. So I was just going to head over to that herd to go find one of them, and maybe I would have made it, and maybe I wouldn't have. They could always head it back the other way. And then I heard a couple of gunshots go off, and then uh, I looked over to Miles, and he was, like, waving like this. And I looked I looked north, and then I just seen, like, like two kilometers away a line of fucking animals. Two kilometers away? Coming towards me, yeah. And then they're a kilometer away, and then... They came on my side, just leaned up against fence and like probably 50 or 60 elk walked by me within a hundred yards of me, probably maybe a hundred yards tops, 120. Walked by one by one. And I one by, them. still in single file that yeah. far? They went kilometers in single they file? Were, they were, at first they were running. So when they came over the first hill, they were running because someone had been shot one or shooting at them farther yeah. down. And then they stopped running and started going slow again. Yeah, it was neat. I got to watch the whole, like, 80 or 60 of them walk right by me. And then you picked your one? Then I picked my one, yeah. Said a prayer? My very last. Thanked it? The third or fourth last from the last. Because yeah. do they have the big, are the biggest ones following, or is there any order? Yeah, random? Is there any order the biggest to? ones are in the back. Seems to be. Usually the cows are in the front, and then the bigger bucks are in the back. Huh. Biggest maybe in the very back. I got the biggest of that herd anyway. He was pretty big. They said it was the biggest one so far. Really? When I left the base, yeah. I think there had only been like 20 It's weird that they're involved. Or... It's weird that it's such a so yeah, organized when program. You leave, there's a checkpoint at the end. So the uh, the fish and wildlife were there. and the... So did they get upset because you were late? No, they were pretty good about oh, it. They were like, good. there's still some people out there. Oh, okay. So like, they just give you that time to try and get out of off base, but if you're late, it's not that Yeah, I mean, it's big out there and dark, and you, people could get lost and stuck fucking fast. I mean... You could see how quick I was so tired from pushing that elk five kilometers that I could quickly realize how you could just like pass out in the snow. Really? Yeah. You guys were all burnt pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. And then you just like wait and eating and drinking, but it's just not helping. You're just expending too much energy too quickly trying to push this in a foot of snow and you're breaking in and you're up to your, you know, halfway up your shins and fucking snow the whole time. And it was a real fucking struggle. One of your biggest physical struggles ever, you were saying? I think it was the hardest I can remember physically, like pushing myself since I first started working the oil rigs. Wow. And I shovel mud for like 12 hours straight. And then I'd wake up in the middle of the night and my arms would just be like buzzing almost. It was yeah. this weird sort of thing. That's kind of where my fucking hip flexors have been at for the last couple of days. Tweaked. Wow. So 5K, you dro drug it out? Five kilometers, wow. yeah. Is it a big one? How, how, how heavy? 400 pounds? I think we had about 400 pounds in the sleigh for the last bit. I carried the head like three kilometers on my shoulders, the head and neck. That was probably like, I don't know, 80 pounds, 90 pounds. It's in the garage. I'll show you. Yeah. On your way out. Wow. Yeah, I did my and they asked you to do more? 
Like, how does that work? They said, can you shoot four? I mean, no, they just said, shoot as, take as many as you want. Oh. One was good. <laughs> I'll go back in the early. So is there any chance you could get close? Like you could get one closer. You could yeah, and get could. one by the road. I mean, if it wouldn't have been so snowy and drifty, this elk would have been like more like 70 yards from the road. Right. But he was 70 yards from a road that had a foot of snow on it and a bunch of drifts that were deeper than that. So there's, and there was like a six foot drift at the start of the road. So there's no way you're getting a truck in there. Yeah. You're not allowed. That's quads. a big, the weather is a big. So it becomes factor. like, is it worth it? Is it worth the effort of dragging that animal back? And I decided, I almost gave up four kilometers in and I decided I got to walk four kilometers either way now. It might as well be with an elk. Yeah. Go yeah. the extra kilometer. Yeah. It's still only one in the afternoon. Make a day out of it. Yeah. Fucking yeah. whatever. And now I feel, at the time, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> but now that it's done, it's like, good, I made the right decision. Good. Forced through it. Awesome. Yeah. Finished making all my sausages. Yeah. You can take some sausage home with you. Sure. Might as well. I don't want to go to the grocery store right now. How safely, I wonder. They're okay. I went without without a mask the other night. They didn't say anything. Nobody said no, anything. No but I went at the end of the... That was the night you were out there. Oh, where? Pulling your elk in, because I was here recording the, oh, the by, show. by yourself. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'm going to wait and go late. At least there's not a lot of people there. Yeah. Nothing yeah. said at any time? No. Ah. Because those are the places that have that, like, top-down sort of directive on how to deal with it, I feel yeah. like. yeah. Shoppers has, seen, has been okay. Because, well, the reason I know is because I go to that other shoppers once a week or twice a week. Check the mailbox. Want to hear a, it Never has anything in it. Want to hear one of my favorite Fauci clips? All right. And now another edition of the Grime American Goodies by the people. history of respiratory-borne viruses of any type. In all the history of respiratory-borne viruses of any type. So this is a high-impact flicks is actually pre-narrating Fauci's thing to, like, to make it, um, to, you know, get, get the point across. Asymptomatic transmission has never been the driver of outbreaks. Asymptomatic transmission has never been the driver of outbreaks. The driver of outbreaks is always a symptomatic person. The driver of outbreaks is always a symptomatic person. An epidemic is not driven by asymptomatic carriers. An epidemic is not driven <laughs> by asymptomatic carriers. Translation, if you're asymptomatic, you're not a threat to anyone. So the question is, why do they want asymptomatic people wearing masks when they are not the driver of outbreaks? Put on the damn mask. You need to wear a damn mask. Right, right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. I think there should be a penalty because you could literally kill someone. You could literally kill someone because you didn't want to wear a mask. Maybe they don't really care about you. Maybe they just want to control you. Well said, eh? What part of that was Fauci? 
Well, the second, the second narration on okay. on the first three or four sentences. Okay. About the asymptomatic, that was Fauci saying asymptomatic yeah, yeah. spreading has never been the driver. So, and it's a good point. I often think, why are they pushing the mask so hard? Really, why are they? It's pretty creepy when you start thinking about the deeper question on why are they doing it. Does anyone check if who bought the mask stocks? Yeah, I don't think that's a. Th- I don't know. I mean, there's so, people are wearing I mean, freaking cloth masks. Imagine? They're wearing like their yeah, gators. Are wearing all. Yeah, it's just true. put anything no, over your face. Just ban the gators. Put anything over your face. I heard a couple <clears throat> places ban gators and bandanas. Yeah, but most places don't give a shit. They just see something over your face. That's okay. You know. It's it's there's there's something going on with it. It's the dehumanizing, the communication part of it, the constant physical reminder. There's a bunch of reasons. It's like a mass ritual. I mean, I, I keep, I, I hate, I don't want to keep harping on this, but it's just, it, it's so creepy to me what's happening. And it just, so many people just going along with it without True, yeah. even questioning. And I don't, I don't know. It's just, I'm not saying we've got to wake people up or anything like that. I don't, I don't, we're past that point. Now it's, it's planning your, now we got to get you an assault rifle. I don't want an assault rifle. I'm you okay. Just want more arrows? Oh, your your. I was supposed to bring arrows by. Your uh, lack of ability with the bow and arrow hasn't hasn't turned you towards what? firearms. I'm yet. good with the bow and arrow. He didn't even hit the target. I'm playing VR. <laughs> I'm playing in VR all the time oh, now. So you figure next time you go out, you just be I'm, splitting. Yeah, I'm practicing those muscle, that crossbow? muscle, uh, you know, the muscle thing. Why don't you try the crossbow. I'm fine without the crossbow too. I I'm okay. You I can just, shoot a bow, Darren. I was. You can't. I was yes, I, I can. You. I watched. I was it. playing around with it. <laughs> You're faking. I was in my void. <laughs> You're faking me out. <laughs> so that if we ever get into it, you know, I, um, <laughs> your, your secret bow skills are are a surprise to me. Hey, I'm just saying, you lost five arrows and like no, no, no. I found a couple. I found most. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hit the target once. <laughs> I didn't hit the target either. I'm pretty good with the crossbow, but the, I was go, the I was too far away. I was story. I was starting too far away. Plus, the thing's not. I'm not going to make excuses. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's not measured for me. It's not my. I can't even see through the things. <laughs> it's too big for me. It's like it's like a six foot guy was using that. There'll be a bow stuck in a mailbox <laughs> across the street from your house, and then they'll find you stabbed up in the fucking and porch. I, and I got to figure out how your buddy taught me to see through both eyes when you're looking through the the. Uh, Sight because I can't blink my left eye. Can't you just close one? No, I can't blink my left eye. So when I lean in, because I'm right handed, it's like a fake thing. It's not a fake <laughs> thing, dude. Okay, I gotta wrap this <clears throat> up. Okay, hey, hang on. So we were on a couple shows. We're going on a couple other ones too. Gotta talk to people about that. Uh, Idiocalypse with uh, Mark Steves, who is the wayward intellect. He's the one that was. Helping Sam Tripoli book uh, for Rockfin and some of Sam's other shows. And he's got his own podcast now. My family thinks I'm crazy. Uh, he's a he's a good dude. And the Idiocalypse uh, guys are awesome too. Chaney and um, now I'm going to Jonathan. Awesome show. So I'm going to put links to the show notes and all that. I want to make sure I, I mention that. Give a shout out. Yeah. Support the show. Should I do a quick quote? Just yeah, to, yeah, make it snappy. Okay. I'm not going to play the jingle. I'm going to pick up my kids and then take them for ice cream. Yeah. <clears throat> They're at a gathering. Don't tell anyone. 
What? Okay, you're gonna have to guess this guy. Okay, you might have, you might be able to. George Soros. Why? <laughs> Washington. Pol- this is from the Octopus of Global <laughs> Control. Washington politicians basically view the people as a capricious and dangerous enemy, a dumb mob whose only interesting quality happens to be their power to take away politicians' jobs. When the government sees its people as the enemy, sooner or later that feeling gets to be mutual, and that's when the real weirdness begins. How appropriate. Dave McGowan. Good good guess. I don't think I don't know if Dave's in this book, but Matt Taibbi. He should be. The Great Derangement, a terrifying true story of war, politics, and religion at the twilight of the American Empire. If there's no quotes by Dave McGowan in that book, then I'm going to have to have a little chat with Charlie, Charlie Robinson yeah. next time we talk to him. All right, support the show. GreatAmerica.ca slash support in these troubled times. Get your uh, mask. We get should your, probably push that a little bit more. Yeah, all these mask mandates, you might as well go to grandamerica.ca slash swag. We got some good vibe masks. We got some bullshit masks. We got some placebo masks. We got, you know, whatever, however you feel about this shit, you can spread that word with your mask if you feel that way. I mean, just because we don't agree with masks doesn't mean we're not going to sell them. If you have to wear them, you might as well wear them a Grand America mask, I guess. If you don't want to wear a mask, I mean, cooler with that. You get shirts and shit there too, stickers. I think uh, we're going to look to making the um, We Do Not Snitch on Our Neighbors sticker as a, as a sticker available so people could stick it on their windows if they want. That's a great whatever. idea. Yeah. yeah. Are you, you want me to print one for I you? I want some big ones for my upstairs windows. Yeah. Okay. Trying to set the tone for the neighborhood this week. <laughs> Push them back. And a big thank, happy Thanksgiving to all the Americans down there. Oh, yeah. Enjoy your friends and family. Don't let the government yeah. stop you from enjoying Make each sure other. Make sure you go to the liquor store before they close. Are they closing then? They're closing them early, like a day early. early for, yeah. It's crazy. Wah, 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 wah. I know. It's just, it's. <sighs> support the show. GrandAmerica.ca slash support. We love you. We need you. We can't do this without you. And we need your support. If you're getting some value from the show, you're the only value we get back this way america.ca slash support if you can sign up for a monthly hey if you're one of those people on the stripe subscription you might just have to like try that shit again or double check it or let me know what's going on i know a ton of people are having trouble with them the stripes down like 75 percent. i've got a couple emails from people saying they don't know why it's not working oh. i can't do anything on my end it might be best to just head back to fucking paypal i don't know but i'm not having good luck with the strike these days sometimes got, it works great other but a lot of the subscriptions are having trouble maintaining yeah we got a p.o box too for books with green stuff in between and uh yeah know. all that great stuff totally uh grammarica.tsi support we love you couldn't do without you we uh we're back a couple days with another fabulous show enjoy this chat with the wonderful ryan merkel
All right, we've got Ryan Merkel with us tonight talking about the quadrant model of reality. He's done a, a ton of work on that, quadrantmodel.com. Um, I think he's pretty much got it into a book as well, but the website is loaded, loaded with information from um, science, religion, art, philosophy, history, how patterns of four reflect the fundamental form of being. So, uh, yeah, we'll explore this topic. Ryan, we like to explore different uh, models of reality, so thanks for... Uh, spending some time with us yeah i saw you guys have a lot of interesting interesting discussions with people a lot of a lot of fascinating topics and i think that this one this is kind of a mind-bending theory it's gonna kind of it's kind of a paradigm shattering of the way that people are gonna uh, relate to, to existence it essentially describes that our reality is structured around a fourfold pattern uh, three plus one pattern, and I'll, I'll kind of give give some details about how that how that pattern expresses itself. The way that I discovered the theory was my freshman year of college. Actually, it was my sophomore year of college. My grandpa was telling me about a personality model mm -hmm. in psychology, where he said there are four types of people: thinking oriented people, emotional people, doers, and dreamers. <laughs> it's a it's a relative dominant model, and what that means is that. <clears throat> If you're an emotional person, of course, you're going to think you're going to have, you're going to do things. You're going to be a dreamer as well, but you're going to be dominantly emotional. That's going to be your primary mode of being. And I was, I was contemplating this, this model. And I was thinking that <clears throat> dreaming just doesn't seem to fit with the other three. My grandpa said he thought that I was a dreamer, <laughs> but I was, I was thinking that the model would be better if there's just three types of people, thinking people, emotional people, and doing people, because dreaming kind of has a, has the quality to it that it seems it seems kind of a, ethereal it seems like it doesn't belong so i i was i was just trying to trying to figure this out why is there three type why is there uh, four types not three types so then uh, one night i was reading the bible and this is a kind of a strange coincidence i was on the chapter where jesus was crucified mm -hmm. i was on the page where he was crucified and I never really read the Bible before. This is my first time really getting into the Bible. And I was reading it and I drew within within the Bible. I still have the Bible at my grandma's house, this Bible, but I drew in it the quadrant and the four types of people. And I was just thinking about, I was wondering, okay, well, and, I, and I just had the realization, okay, thinking and emotion, that's a duality. Our thoughts affect emotions, emotions influence thoughts. Then we have emotions. This influences us to do things. Uh, the root word in, in emotion is motor. You see emote. That mean, it means to bring, to do. It brings you to move. So emotions bring you to move. So our emotions uh, facilitate movement. And then we move, we do things, and this is going to influence our thoughts. Sometimes we think first, and then we do things. Sometimes we do things, and then think about it afterwards. Uh, interestingly, I was just, actually, I, I studied this a while ago, but there's, there's been brain studies that show that people will do things, and then the part of the brain responsible for um, for triggering them to, to perform the action lights up afterwards. Um, so these these three are all very intertwined. I think and, I've heard that like um, in like one-on-one -on -one sports, the person who's reacting, you can react quicker than you can act. Well, then you act, just, you mean yeah. think? You mean think? Well, just like say like if you're, if someone was say, Attacking someone in a in a boxing match or with a sword or a nunchuck or a stick, like 
if they're like both good, if you're both really good, the guy who's getting attacked will always be quicker than the guy who's attacking because the guy who's attacking has to think about it. Mm -hmm. And the guy who's not doesn't think about it. He just sort of. Unless you're in the flow state and it comes naturally. I mean, that's what the sport example is, is prevalent for that because you you do things if you've got enough practice at it. You're so I think your subconscious mind takes over, which is what you were kind of getting at with uh, the doing without thinking. It's like I think that's when you you tap into that that flow state of that subconscious mind where you do it automatically without thinking. Which yeah, that reaction yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been I've been listening to some audio books on this stuff, and my brain's been kind of everywhere because I've been kind of stressed about the coronavirus and stressed about a lot of things, but. I, I wish I, I wish I was paying more uh, more fo- if I was I was more focused. But I was just listening to this one uh, audio book where they are describing how when a when a pitcher a professional pitcher throws the ball, it goes so fast. Oh yeah. That actually, there's no possible way that the person can with his with, with how fast light moves that he can process where the ball is going to be. It, it is completely automatic and he's not somehow, somehow he's doing it, but it's definitely not, um, calculated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a more of like an instinct or like a, re- is that, is that blink? Is that Malcolm Gladwell's blink book? Do you know, I, 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 I've read that. I've read that somewhere too about that. But yeah, but that, that is kind of, uh, it's a little bit off topic that that one example, but I just wanted to bring that up. But yeah, so so we do things, and this affects our thoughts, and then our thoughts are influencing our emotions. This is a triad. We have a trinity, and then this is a big realization I had earlier that week. I was in a, a, a psychology class. I was at UCSD. I ended up being a psychology major. I got a bachelor's degree in psychology. But the professor was describing that when we dream, we have emotions, we have thoughts, and we do things but we're disconnected from our body. We're paralyzed. So we don't physically act out the dream. Well, we know that there actually is sometimes when you do physically act, act out the dream, that's a sleepwalking. But for the most, for the most case, and that's actually the third stage of dreaming, there's four stages of dreaming. And sometimes in the third stage of dream, you'll act it out. But for the most part, you're paralyzed during your dream. So you're not going to be performing any actions. And the, so I thought, yeah, so we're doing things in our dreams, but we're doing it in the dream world. We're doing it with the dream body. And it's kind of a hallucination. It's not real. Um, the, the, it's fascinating that when you dream, you're ha- you're, you actually have sensations and perceptions. You're, the, the parts of your brain that are, that are responsible for sensations and perceptions are activated. But you're obviously not seeing anything. It's just hallucinations within, within the mind. And... But so I thought, okay, we, we're, we're doing things in our dreams, we're having thoughts, we're having emotions, but we're doing it all in this dream world, in this, in this uh, non-physical, non-material, ep- uh, non-phenomenal, uh, tra- transcending phenomena of existence. It's, it's in this, it's in this uh, kind of transcendental realm. So I thought, okay, the fourth is different. It transcends the first three, but it also contains them. And that was a big revelation I had. And that was kind of the genesis of the quadrant model, because then I started thinking of more examples. And just earlier that week, I had been studying a physics, a physics course where they described the four forces of physics. And they said how, and the professor was describing how gravity is different 
than the first three, and it doesn't fit with them that they can't they can't incorporate gravity uh, with the strong force, the weak force, and electromagnetism. Um, so gravity is kind of the recalcitrant, uh, defiant fourth aspect that doesn't belong. And then I was thinking of other examples. I just thought of a lot of examples all at once. Wow. And I thought I knew I knew I discovered the theory of everything right away. And then the next day I go to my biology class. Um, the teacher's drawing up Punnett squares, which are quadrants, dihybrid crosses, and using a dihybrid cross Punnett square, you're going to have three. Uh, for instance, in, in peas, when, when Mendel was uh, performing his pea experiments, you would have three peas that are that are green, or 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 that are that are that are uh, smooth, and then the fourth pea will be rough, because there's a three plus one ratio that usually uh, comes 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 out of these dihybrid crosses when you when you mix pea plants, and, and the way that Mendel would write would write these out was through quadrants. So I was. I went to my biology class. They're drawing up quadrants. They're talking about just, just the ne- the next week we were supposed to have our finals or our midterms. So we were going over a lot of stuff. And, and he's talking about yeah, where we have the four elements make up our body: carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen. Nitrogen is the different. It, nitrogen would be the different one because carbon, hydrogen, oxygen th- those make up carbohydrates. If you think about carbohydrates, carbo, carbon, high. That's hydrogen. Hydrates is oxygen. It's uh, hi- hi- hydrogen and oxygen make up water, and that's a hydrate. So carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, that, that's, that's a trinity. That's the triad um, that, that, are very, that are very similar. But then the nitrogen aspect, it, there's a lot, a lot smaller percentage of what life is made up of is, is nitrogen. But those make up about 99.5 like or more percent of, of all chemistry of, of living organisms. Can we, can we back, back up a bit to the synchronicity in a way or the – because would you consider that a download almost, or did you, and was there any other connection to you reading that, that part about Jesus being crucified? Like, was it something about the cross oh, yeah, and yeah. the quadrants or, because I mean, we've had numerous guests, authors, people like yourself that do this amazing amount of research, almost like a download in a way. And they've had it from synchronistic moments. Like these, the start of it is, mm-hmm. is usually very synchronistic or mystical or, you know, it's just beyond trudging along some sort of path of research that they're not interested in, you know, like channeling almost. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think that, uh, reality is it's, it, it's not naturalistic, like the naturalistic explanations of existence, uh, it, the way that existence actually is, it kind of defies logic. And, and with all my research, it's pretty apparent that, that we're living in, uh, uh, a reality that, is not built around uh, rational naturalistic principles and that there is a lot of synchron. I've, I've experienced a lot of synchronicities and kind of ones that would, that would kind of blow your mind. But in this case, yeah, that, that was definitely a synchronicity. And, and the thing, the fact that I was reading the chapter of Jesus crucified and that's, that's what also I forgot to mention that when I, when I saw, when I, when I realized that the four, the, the nature of the four parts and how they're related I thought about Jesus on the cross and I thought, Oh, that's why the cross is the, the such a powerful symbol because it's a form of existence. And then, so then I went to my biology class and then I just continued to go to class after class. After that, I would wake up pretty much eight o'clock every morning and go to every single class at UCSD all day, every day for the next four years. And basically I just 
accumulated a, a, a huge amount of evidence for this theory. I like the, it's interesting that the, the nitrogen would be almost like aligned with the, the dreaming and like the, in the percentage of your experience, you know, the, the nitrogen is to the human body what dreaming is to the human experience compared to the other three. Yeah, the, the idea with the quadrant model is, and it, it's related to Plato. So Plato said that our world is a, is a reflection of the world of the forms. So the thing with the quadrant model, this is, this is the, big, the big idea behind it, is that there's a unity behind everything, behind all of the, the various phenomena, behind all, of the, all, all these different aspects of existence. There's one underlying unifying principle. And it kind of, it kind of gives credence to that idea that when the, when the mystics and philosophers, they describe everything as one, this, this kind of establishes that in a systematic framework that, yeah, everything is one, everything's one in that it's all based around interrelationships and reflections of this pattern. So there's, there is differentiations. There's, there's various different gradations of existence, different phenomena uh, things, things that are, that are, they're, they're, they're separate, they're separate things, but they're all connected in that they're kind of, uh, a reflection of this pattern. And the, four, and the fourth is, the fourth is usually like you were mentioning about nitrogen and the, and the dreaming aspect. It's usually different than the other three, right? Or there's something encompassing about it or how would you describe, how would you describe that part of it? The first quadrant is always more mental. So if you think about thinking, it's mental and it's non-physical. So we're going to see relationships between the different quadrants. And this is, this is how they're going to express themselves in reality and it, ubiquitously. So the first one is, is less physical. And if you want to think about it in terms of the four elements, the first one is the air element. The, the, and, and when you think about thoughts, thoughts people, people describe them as very physical because they're related to neur neuron, neurons and action potentials firing. But then also people say that there's, there is a non-physical aspect of thoughts. Um, and, and, and it has, it has that uh, quality to it, the non-physical quality. For instance, in the ORC OR model, people try to, uh, Hammerhoff, I think is his name in Penrose, they try to relate thoughts to quantum mechanics and the, the microtubules and quantum mechanical processes kind of, kind of has a, uh, a connotation of being less physical. The second quadrant is always, an intermediate between physical and non-physical. So that would be water. And it's more has, it's, it's more related to homeostasis and maintenance and order. And, um, emotions, do they fit and, in there and structure? And that's the emotion one. Yeah. So emotions, emotions are very, uh, community based, very social, um, uh, when, when we express emotions, a lot of uh, what emotions are, emotions are designed to do is to manipulate people and to express and in, in, to form uh, social, social relationships and to kind of communicate amongst others. So the first quadrant is more of an individual, like a loner. If you want to think about it, I'm going to get to the personality types eventually after this, but the first one the first quadrant would be the idealist personality type and the idealist to personality type is, is kind of weird, very intelligent, 
but doesn't really belong because because they're intuitive feelers. So they're intuitive. So they're mental. They're very cerebral, but they're and they're feelers. So they, they want to belong. They want social harmony. But the thing about them is they're weird because they are feelers and and they, they're not cool. They're not doers. They're not action oriented. They're, they're the mental aspect. So they don't belong. But then the second quadrant, that is the belonging quadrant. The first quadrant is sensation, perception, response, and awareness. That's the mental. And that's like, that's like Buddhism mindfulness. But then the second quadrant is belief, faith, behavior, belonging. And that's homeostasis. That's community. That's more social. Um, and, and really what beliefs are is beliefs are kind of uh, mental content that, that, we, that we consolidate that comes from our sensations, perceptions, responses, awareness. We, we have, we have, we have empirical, we, we, we experience reality empirically, and then we form beliefs. So the first quadrant and the second quadrant are forming each other. The first quadrant, sensation, perception, response, awareness, second quadrant is belief, faith, behavior, belonging. But then also our beliefs are going to affect what we sense and perceive. So, uh, those are, they're, they're, they're both influencing each other and they're shaping each other. But the second quadrant is more homeostasis. And, and again, if you want to look at, it, look at it in terms of the four elements, the second quadrant is water. It's not physical, but it's also not ethereal, mental. It's kind of in that middle state. Um, and then we have the third quadrant, which is always the most uh, physical. Gr- the, grounding, the, like earth? Yeah, that's the earth quadrant. And the thing about the first two, the first two quadrants is in terms of the personality types, I discussed the first uh, quadrant personality type is idealist personality. They're feelers. They're very social. And, and what they want to do is they want to create social harmony and they listen to authority. So what, what air does is it conforms to its environment. This is what Plato described, or, or this is what Aristotle said. He said that what air, air does is it, it conforms to its environment in that it, um, in that it takes the form of its container but it also rises. So he, what he says, it's hot and wet, wet things fill the container and hot things rise. But then he said that water is cold and wet, wet things fill the container, but they sink. So cold, when you think of cold, think of more grounded. Hot is, is, is abstract, is, is the mental is abstract consciousness. We're, we're, we're elevating, we're getting into the, into deep principles when we're, when we're, this is the intuitive. And then the, the feeling orientation that is filling the container. So guardians are also, they, they, they have higher levels of feeling function. They, they, uh, they're more feeling oriented and, and they're very concerned with belonging and listening to authority, belief, faith, behavior, belonging. But then the third quadrant, now we're in it in the, in the artisan personality type. And this is the earth element. And this is, this is the thinking, emotion, doing dreaming quadrant. And, and this is the most physical quadrant. So I was describing how thinking is very physical emotions based around, uh, based around hormones in the amygdala and its relationship to the hippocampus. And, um, and it's, and it's centered around the neurotransmitter firing. So, so emotions are very physical as well. But then the most physical is the third quadrant of the third quadrant, thinking, emotion, doing. Doing is pure, pure physical, pure action. And it's, and it's deliberate action, usually designed to accomplish a goal. Whereas, 
when we think of sensation, perception, response, and awareness, response is action, but it's being informed by the environment. It's you're, you're, you're a reaction. Being, it's, it's kind of a reaction to your environment, and it's not necessarily volitional. It's automatic. But belief, faith, behavior, belonging, behavior is also is being shaped by your group. It's not necessarily you doing it to accomplish a goal. It, and it's also, uh, behavior is also patterned, patterned action. So w- w- in, in terms of think about Watson uh, or, or Skinner with, with behaviorism, or what he would do is he would get a, get a dog and he would ring a bell. And then he would uh, pair the stimulus of the bell with food. And then so after doing this enough times, whenever, and then he would give the, the dog the food. And then after doing this enough times, the dog, every time he would do this, the dog would salivate. So then eventually all he would have to do is ring the bell and he wouldn't give any food, but the dog would automatically salivate. This is a behavior because once the, 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 the stimulus response pattern has occurred enough times, it becomes ingrained and it becomes a behavior. So behaviors, once we do something enough times, then, then, then they become patterned actions, but it's not necessarily deliberate and it's not coming from uh, in, inside of you where you're trying to accomplish anything, it's more automatic. And also it's, it's behaviors are, have the connotation of being more based around the desire for conformity. So people behave to, uh, in accordance to the group and, and, and they behave in, in relationship to what people are telling them to do. But doing, now we're doing something to accomplish goals. This is more internal. Intentional. Intentional, yeah, that's, that's a word. So... Thinking, emotion, doing, dreaming. This is the most physical, but this is the third quadrant. We're in the third quadrant now. Now we're in the, in the it's, this is solid. This is earth. Um, and, and if you want to look at the, at the interrelationships between the, the quadrants, the first quadrant was air and it's ethereal. It's not material. Well, the third quadrant is very material. So these are opposites. And this is a difference between the NF personality type, which is intuitive feeler and the, SP personality type, which is the sense, sensory perceptive. Uh, a sensory person is more grounded. He's looking at data and he's, 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 he's more in touch with the physical material world. So he's, he's cool. He's grounded. He's, he, he, he fits in more because an intuitive person is more in the, in the abstract realms. He's, he's no earthly good. That, that's the saying. He's so, he's so heavenly minded. He's no earthly good. So an intuitive person is thinking abstractly and he's thinking about principles and he's, he's looking at patterns. Whereas a sensory person's more l- looking at details and he's not ma- making connections and not looking for, for, uh, for general patterns. And then uh, uh, a P is a perceptive person is somebody who is, is very spontaneous. So this is, he's a doer. He's action oriented. That's the way that's the SP. This is a third, this is a third quadrant personality type. Um, the first quadrant personality type is idealist. The second quadrant is the guardian. The third quadrant is the artisan, the doer. Think about, think about the the term artisan. That means, you know, an, an artisan is somebody who, who's a performer, somebody who's an artist. And then we have the fourth quadrant. And this is, this is going to be associated with the fire element because this is a the, now now we're in the transcendent realm. We're we're moving into the divine. Um, 
the the third quadrant is ego oriented and and also the third quadrant always has a connotation of being bad because think about the the how people feel about about the ego people usually describe it as negative um and it's goal oriented so uh when you think about dreaming the the connotation of dreaming is um is is desire to accomplish goals to achieve goals that's those are your dreams thinking emotion doing dream is a third quadrant but then when we get to the fourth quadrant we're in contemplation passion flowing knowing this is the this is the fire element and this is the nt personality type the N is the intuitive type of person, and a T is a thinker. The NT personality type, the, the second quadrant is opposite of the fourth quadrant. These are, these are antagonistic. They're antithetical to each other. The SJ personality type, they're the belongers. They want to fit in, and they're very grounded. They're homeostasis or maintenance. But when we get in the fourth quadrant, we're getting into death. And this is transcendence of the body, the ego body, which is death. And, and that's when we're getting into contemplation, passion, flowing, knowing. Because when you contemplate, now you're, you're completely immersed in something, completely focused. When, you, when you're passionate, you're, you're, it's, it's like an intense emotion. And it's intense focus where you're part of something greater than yourself and you lose yourself. You, you, you're kind of transcending the ego body. And then flowing Flowing is, is automatic and you're not doing it. It's almost like a higher harmony, like a, a higher force is doing it. And then knowledge, if you look at my video, you have to look at the Quadramal of Reality video. Knowledge has a lot of uh, sig- significance related to death. Um, and fire's different as far as the elements go, right? Like you describe it in your book, it's more of an act, what would you say, active compared to a, a passive element? or So uh, according to Aristotle, fire is hot and dry and earth is cold and dry so again cold things they sink so they're grounded that's a sensory but it's dry and that it maintains its form and it's an individual so the first two quadrants they're wet they don't maintain their form they they adhere to their containers they they're they're being shaped by their surroundings but when you get to the dry now these a, a dry person or a dry the dry element is is consolidated it's an individual. It's doing its own thing. It's not being shaped by its surroundings or by its environment. And that's the same. That's the earth element. And then that's the, the fire element. The fire element is rising. So it's abstract consciousness, intuitive, but it's also an individual. It's a thinking oriented person. It's not a feeler, feeling oriented person. Feeling oriented persons want social harmony. Thinking oriented people, they want to do what works and they don't necessarily care if it's not uh, fitting into the norms of society or making people happy. So they're not worried about filling the container. They're, they're the individual. They're, cons- they're, they're solid. That's a good, that's a good summary. That's a good example because I, I, I was reading your, your summaries in, on your website and your book and on all the examples and going back to some of the old religions and the esoteric things. I mean, it goes all the way through science and religion and philosophy and mythology but that kind of summarizes the the um, the uh, each each of them and how it's how they're similar. You know, each of the quadrants. Yeah, each yeah. each of the quadrants are connected. They're 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 con- there's like there's a continuity, but then there's also disparity. So there's they're 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 all interconnected, but then there's differentiation. Yeah, 
And and each quadrant has certain qual. Yeah, represents these these four qualities. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a question about that, Darren? Or? I think I was an INFP. Oh, were you? If I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. Which quadrant would that put me in? So that you would be the fourth quadrant of the first quadrant. That's what my grandpa is. He's an INFP. The fourth of the first. That sounds like my regiment. So, so that means that you're like the fire element of the air element. Oh, geez. Does that mean I'm like an airhead? Yeah. A fiery you're, you're, airhead. <laughs> you're very, you're very mental. You're very, you know, intelligent. And, uh, you're, you're very into esoteric, like mystical types of things. But at the same time, you're like irrational. You're like the fourth quadrant where, um, you, you're not super, um, inclined or disposed to filling your environment. So, so you, 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 you wouldn't mind stepping on people's toes and doing your own thing. <laughs> but at the same time, you, you are, you are, you are still feeling oriented. You still have a higher feeling oriented function. Oh yeah. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the last couple of months. I feel <laughs> I just, no, that's just, society has changed and I just stayed the same. That's all that's happened in the last couple. No, 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 no. No? No. So is this the meme, like we see this quadrant meme going around quite a bit actually, as far as the personality types and they have different personalities over there or they show where things are. And I I guess that, is that the same thing? That's the same thing you're talking about then, right? And I mean, I've only seen that the last couple of years, but you've been studying this for almost, almost, yeah, yeah. So the, it, yeah, it, it, this is a dominant way that people organize personalities through quadrants. Yeah. But the thing is, it, this is the archetype of existence. Right. This, this is the it's form beyond of all that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Existence is 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 a trans. Everything is being transposed through this form. Like th- th- this form is is how existence is, is is manifesting or expressing itself in all domains. And in, in all capacities. Is and there, I'm talking about science, religion, art, and philosophy. Is there, yeah. a, is there a power? Like, why, why is that? It's the fundamental, you think it's the fundamental sort of reality? Why is that? Is, it the, is there an energy there? Is there a, is it, is it because, you know, we talked about uh, some of the other numero- numerological things, and you, you made the great point where, is that just our solar system? Like, does it change when you go to, like, Andromeda or something? Oh, like that, that, right? that was when I was talking about, like, uh, those, not the numerology, more like the numbers that are baked into reality, like the Fibonacci sequence yeah, 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 of pi, yeah, yeah. or, like, those sort of... The sacred geometrical seem stuff. to be these yeah. weird, irrational numbers. Like, it seems like the building blocks of the universe are fucking never-ending. And I wonder if the never-ending building blocks of the universe are the same in every galaxy or if they would change yeah, like based our, on the... Yeah, like is the quadrant theory because we're in a certain type of solar system or galaxy or is it universal, you know? Um, I think that all of existence is kind of a reflection of this pattern. So if you want to... Um, you want to look, look at the galaxies, like the Andromeda galaxy... Um, The way the way that you, you you could see this pattern through that would be just for instance the take marks multiverse theory. He says there's four levels of of universes, and uh, in terms of the galaxies, there's 
four main categories of galaxies, like the elliptical, the spiral, the barred spiral, and the regular. Right, right. And oh, then, so you're seeing a pattern in the types of galaxies, even. Yeah. The four, like, a, like you can. You, are you trying to apply the quadrant model to the types of galaxies then? Yeah. Or, the, or, or like maybe the fit the different uh, sacred geometrical, you know, inherent shapes in nature or whatever, maybe fall into that as well. Like the, all the zoids, all those different. No, I'm thinking more like Fibonacci and the. Uh, oh. The irrational numbers. Because one of because that correlates to the type of galaxy, like the spiral galaxy, probably. Right? Oh, well, yeah. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you some cool examples with the with the with the galaxies. But one one thing with the with the Fibonacci sequence is the the elemental aspect of it is a cross. Where it, it when it begins, it takes a form of a of a cross. It's hard to explain, but in terms of the galaxies. Just one example of it would be this, there's an area of the universe known as a Seyfert Sectet. There are really only four galaxies engaged in particular cosmic turf war. First spotted by astronomer Carl Keenan Seyfert, these tightly packed galaxies represent the most compact group ever discovered. So there's a Seyfert Sectet, but then that's, that's one of the most famous groups of galaxies. But then there's also a quartet. That's pro the quartet's the most famous one, I probably. And then there's also a quintet of galaxies, but once again, we talked about this. The, we just I just mentioned the Seyfert sextet is actually really a group of four. It's like a four plus two. In the the quintet of galaxies, it's also the same type of thing where it looks like there's five galaxies together, but really it's four galaxies. And then there's a fifth one, way, 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 way super far out. That's not even really a part of them, but it just looks like it's a part of them from our perspective. So what, what, what the quadrant model kind of states is that you, the, the more you probe existence, it's just reiterations of this, the domination of this quadrant of this fourfold of the quadrant pattern. So it says the sex that actually only contain, contains only interacting galaxy uh, four interacting galaxies though. So we call it, it's called a sex that that means six, but it's really only four. Um, let me, let me look up the, the quintet, what it's called. Um, there's a Stefan's quintet of galaxies, but that again is only really four. It's, it's really only a quartet. See, it says Stefan's quintet is a visual grouping of five galaxies of which four form the first compact galaxy group ever discovered. So are those younger galaxies or older galaxies? Like, are they staying in that group of four and then spreading out? And, like, that's how galaxies start? Or is that just a weird phenomenon? What's, or are we thinking that if we could look at it from the right angle, all galaxies are part of a group of four? Um, well, these are the most famous groupings of galaxies. It's, it's this... Uh... The Seyfert Sextet, the Stefan's Quartet, or actually, no, the, uh, the Seyfert Sextet, the Stefan's Quintet. I'm going to look up what the name of the quartet is. One second. And the Robert's Quartet of Galaxies. Um, those are the really, those are really the, the most famous uh, groupings of galaxies that there are. I, I mean, I, I looked up the, the formations of galaxies in 
those are the ones if you look watch any physics course on astronomy they're going to discuss these these three and really they're all just really groups of four galaxies and it, it makes me think of the book of revelations where you have like they'll have seven trumpets but really it's always a four plus three where the first four trumpets are similar and then there's a space or there's a new chapter and then they discuss the next three the four always establishes itself as dominant and that's what for whatever reason that's what existence is but what what I think it is 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 it's what Plato said. Plato said that everything, everything is a reflection of one form. But he didn't specify exactly what that form was, although he gave a lot of hints. One one hint that he gave was he said that that the that our our universe that the soul of our universe is the form of a chiasm. Chiasm is a cross. It's an X. And even the the original Christians they said. Yeah, what, what he was alluding to was Jesus on the cross. He, and, then, and then Proclus, for instance, when Proclus was studying Plato's works, he noticed that uh, in, in one of Plato's dialogues with Socrates, Socrates says, one, two, three, where's the fourth? He saw three of his friends, but he didn't know where his fourth friend was. His fourth friend had left that day. And according to Proclus, Proclus said that Plato was just speaking in code and he was alluding to the Tetricus. And the Tetricus is a formation of four rows of dots, one dot at the top, two rows below that, three below that, and then four making 10 in all, and then four dots. And it's, what's fascinating is if you look at the dollar, the dollar bill, there's going to be a, there's a Tetricus uh, in, the form, in the form of a, of a Star of David, but it's two, tetric, two Tetricus over, overlapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also the, the Great Seal of the United States also has a Tetricus on it. What, what Proclus said was that Plato was referring to the Tetricus, and according to the Pythagoreans, the Tetricus was the supreme form of existence. They said that everything flows from the Tetricus, and to become a Pythagorean, the first thing you had to do was you had to swear an oath to the Tetricus. Wow. And, and then Pythagoras... Um, wasn't that te- two tetra- Tetractus together was the as above, so below, wasn't it? As well, um, yeah, that's that's a hermetic idea, and that's that's basically what Plato's saying is that. Um, I find that fascinating that this goes down back to like thousands of years ago. Well, the Greek cross is like, like uh, all equal to like a quadrant. Yeah, the Greek cross is 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 a, is a quadrant, and then there's the Latin cross, which is has a has a more extended lower aspect. Um, but it's still a quadrant. Um, is there significance to the extended lower aspect? You know, this is really interesting. I'm going to mention, I'll I'll mention this in in one second, but let me just point out to Pythagoras. So Pythagoras, he, he talks about the Tetricus as being the, the supreme form of existence. And and the, the interesting thing too is uh, we're going back to Plato. Is Plato had is called Plato's Lamba, and Plato said that there were two groups of four numbers that created our existence. And the way that he described them, he depicted them, was in the form of a tetricus. Mm. And and they were the numbers eight, four, two, one, three, nine, and twenty-seven, with the number one being the top number of the tetricus, and then these the, the other ones go down and and they, they form a triangle, mm-hmm. and then. People fill in the numbers between them and they make Tetricus and they make significant patterns with those numbers. 
But he said that this was this, that's what existence was built around these these two groups of four numbers. He called them the two tetricus. And then and then what's what's interesting about that is uh, I was going to say, oh, is that the the Hindus they say at the beginning of existence was two quadruple expansions of Krishna, two groups of four. Now the the Valentinian Gnostics they said at the beginning of existence was two tetrads of gods, two groups of four. Mm. So they're all saying the same thing. But but in this one, it says Pythagoras related to Tetricus to the harmonious musical scales. So the ratios of the octave are one, two. The fifth is two, three. And the fourth is three, four. The musical intervals the Pythagoreans saw as, as, uh, as built around the numbers one, two, three, and four. So we, we, we know that the, the Pythagoreans were, were very uh, enamored by music. And then one, one more aspect of, of, of Pythagoras. And then what was, what was I going to tell you? you? You asked me, oh, yeah, about the Latin cross. I'll get to that in one second. But um, there's a legend of, or, or, or there's a legend of the four hammers with Pythagoras, where this is how he discovered the, the, these four intervals of music, and he did it by, by using four hammers. Um, into the wall, right? Wasn't it? Wasn't he pinning something to the wall, I think? So the four hammers, let me look yeah, at it's, it's interesting. Plato was, was enamored by the music too, with the sacred, like there was a sacredness to the, to the, to the music and the uh, frequency. So this is, it says the four Pythagorean hammers, according to the legend, Pythagoras discovered the foundations of musical tuning by listening to the sounds of four blacksmiths hammers, which produced consonants and dissonance when they were struck simultaneously. Um, didn't that fucking vortex math shit end up making a cross somehow? I don't know. Yeah, there, there's a what, what what is that called when the when the sounds sounds making form resonance resonance somatics. Yeah, somatics. Uh, what, what, how do you spell it though? C Y M A T. Yeah, somatics. Yeah, sometimes I. I there's one ratio. It's called the the descending fourth. I think that makes a cross. And interestingly, that sound is the same sound as a fire. Is a fire truck and a police or no a police a police car when its siren is going off? That's the descending fourth sound, and that sound makes a cross. In somatics. I'm wow. wondering if because there's that vortex math does the crazy stuff. It had all the numbers around a three six nine, and it was zigzagging around. But I thought it ended up making a cross in there. I could be totally wrong about that. Have you done much vortex math or looked into that at all? Yeah, if you if you find that, please send it to me. But I think that I know you're talking about. I know that. Uh, yeah, you you find a, the the cross really expresses itself dominantly everywhere. It's kind of it's unfathomable, like it's unbelievable how this happens. But it's definitely not natural. Um, but I no, think that, and it was prevalent before the the crucifixion before Christ. I mean, it goes way back the cross, right? Yeah. They have a, they have a, they have a book called the 16 crucified saviors where they describe that. I mean, just look at Tertullian. Tertullian was one of the original, uh, Christians. And he, and he talked about that all of these ancient gods were depicted in cruciform. So when he was looking at even the goddesses, most of them, were, were depicted arms extended in, in cruciform formation. 
And he just, he didn't say that that detracted from Christianity. Of course, he's going to view it through his belief system, which is that Jesus and, and the cross is, is the paramount, most important thing. But the, but the point is that the, 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 cruci- the cruciform, the cross has always been the dominant symbol in every religion. Yeah. Um, if you check out our episode number 392 with Randy Powell, we talk about vortex math. Now, I know in vortex math, the numbers three, six, and nine were important. Yeah. And in in, in what's his name? Uh, Tesla apparently said something about if you wouldn't understand the numbers three, six, and nine, then you understand all of existence or something. Yeah. yeah. And what, what, the, what, the way that I would relate that to the cross, and I've, and I've looked, at, looked this up, and there's a lot of people who, who have the same type of viewpoint, is that the three, if you look at a clock, the three is, uh, is, is, the, is the right extension of the cross, the six is the lower extension, the nine is the third part, and the fourth part would be up here. So it's, it's still the fourth. Those are just the three spokes of the cross, and the fourth part is just missing. Hmm. But that, that's how people, some people relate to the cross. Well, and then the fourth part could also be like, uh, you know, it could be, it could be if it's following the pattern of like the nitrogen and the dreaming, it could be more uh, metaphysical or something too, or like a miss, you know, like a one, two, two, the space between numbers or something. Yeah, I have to, I mean, I have all this stuff. On, if you go to my Facebook page, go to Ryan, Ryan Merkel Facebook page and just go through all my pages. So if you, if you go to the, the math section or the physics section you'll and you search through it, you're going to find that stuff on the 369. And I just can't remember all this stuff because, I mean, it's... Oh, yeah. it's, oh the page it's, 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 it's is amazing. Is it, what's the URL? Well, the quadrantmodel.com is is there, but and then I'll link I'll link to your Facebook page It'll as well. All be in the show notes. Yeah, but uh, in terms of the of the Latin cross, you're gonna find it find this interesting. But I just want to mention one one more thing too that I think a lot of people are gonna like is you you know we we hear a lot about Tesla because just because of, because I mentioned Tesla, a lot of people like him a lot. Well, he, people people know him for. Uh, Alternating current, discovering alternating current. That's right. There, there, there's direct current and there's alternating current. But actually, there's a book called The Four Quadrants of Electricity by Eric Dollard. And he describes that those aren't the only two types of current. There's four types of current. There's continuous, there's, there's DC continuous current, AC alternating current, IC impulse current, and OC oscillating current. So there's actually four types. Interesting. How come we haven't had him on the show yet? Is he, oh, did, we tried years ago. We, we said were, no? We, no, no, no. We we just we just did, it never happened. Yeah, we we looked into it years ago and yeah. All right, Latin cross. Oh wait, wait you mean Eric Dollard? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in terms of Latin cross, this is this is pretty cool. Another kind of synchronicity. I mean, it, it's like it's like it's like reality's a dream. So I was uh, walking with my grandpa in Kauai in the ninth grade. And we were in, this was the first time I had ever had a philosophical conversation with my grandpa. He lived in Kauai. I lived in Los Angeles and we, we were walking on the beach and, um, cause he lived in Kauai and he had a bed and breakfast there. He owned a, he owned a bed and breakfast there. My grandma bought it. And so it was called Gloria's bed and breakfast. And it was at spouting horn in, uh, I forget where spouting horn located. Uh, one second. 
Like what area of Kauai? Yeah. Where's Kauai? It's, Hawaii, it's in Hawaii. Hawaii. Oh, it's in Hawaii. Mm. It's in Poipu. It's one of the islands of Kauai. But um, I was walking with my grandpa, and then uh, and then I and then we were just talking about philosophy. It's the first time I ever had a philosophical conversation with him, and he was telling me that um, he, was, he was telling me about the flow because I asked him what is love, and, he, and my grandpa said he thinks that love is the flow, and that's like that's a, the, the oneness consciousness. And then he told me that there was, you know, four levels of consciousness, right? And, uh, and then he said, he said that the first level of consciousness was kind of the, the instinctual. The second level was magical. Third level was, was more like rational. And the fourth level was, was a transrational consciousness. And this was based off of some, I think it was Wilbur's work or, or one of those guys works. And then and then I asked, and then we, we continued to walk. And then I asked my grandpa, I said, uh, well, just, just a week earlier, a week previous to this, I was, I was playing with the P Miller ballers. This is masterpiece basketball team. This is, this is the best basketball team in the country. We had a few players who play in the NBA now on the team. Like one of them's DeMar DeRozan was Olympic Olympic player. And masterpiece was a coach. Lil Romeo was a famous rapper. He was, he was on the team and I just gotten back from playing with them. I'm kind of, I'm kind of bragging about that right now because I didn't need to put that in the story. But then, and then when I got back, I was I had a choice. I could either go with them to play in a tournament, another tournament, or I could go to Kauai and, and visit my grandpa. And I I decided to go to Kauai and visit my grandpa instead. And so, but but when I was when I was before I went to visit my grandpa, I was looking at a cross in my neighbor. Like this was right near my neighborhood, off the street, uh, going toward my house. And I remember I was just like staring at it and I was entranced by the cross. Like I, it was kind of like a mystical type of thing. And I was thinking to myself, when I get older, I'm going to, I'm going to become religious. Cause I had never done anything religious in my life. And, uh, and I thought to myself, like, there has to be something to this. Like there, there must be some sort of reason why all these people, um, you know, go, go to these churches and stuff. Um, so then I was walking with my grandpa, we were in Kauai. And then I asked my grandpa, do you think that the reason why the cross has the, the, the long lower part is because it represents the four levels of being where the first level is, would be the lower aspect. The third level would be the middle part. And then the, we're, and I said like, maybe right now we're at the third level of, of consciousness. And then eventually we'll get to the fourth level. And that's when the cross will become a T. So I asked my grandpa that this was in ninth grade. So this kind of crazy. I already was like, at it at the ninth grade, almost discovered it, the quadrant model. And then, like I said, my friend, my sophomore year of college, that's when I discovered it. Hmm. What did he say to you? Yeah, my grandpa said, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. He was like, yeah, he, he, he was like, yeah, I, th- I, th- I was thinking that too. So. Hmm. So would the T be when you like ascend then? Yeah, that's the idea. The, the T would be the transrational, transpersonal consciousness. That's that fourth level. But, but you see, that's the way that I looked at it back then. But then when I was a, a sophomore in college, that's when I recognized the four parts of the cross are the four squares of the quadrant. Um, also, one, one book that I read, I, I didn't read any books for fun growing up. I only read books that were necessary for my classes. I went to, I went to Harvard Westlake, so it was kind of a, it's, it's supposed to be one of the, 
more rigorous schools. Like there's a lot of work there. It's, it's supposed to be one of the higher level schools that people can go to. People say it's harder to get into Harvard Westlake than it is to get into uh, like Harvard College, but or, or or most like probably any college in the United States. But um, I only read one book for fun, other other than schools that I had to read for at, at that school, and that was Ken Wilber's Theory of Everything. And that was because my grandpa had that book, and I and I looked at it, and I liked I liked the title Theory of Everything, so I read it. And Ken Wilber in that book. So I had all this stuff that, that kind of like, it's like synchronistic. All of it went together. So I read that one book. The only other book I read was like the pickup artist by <laughs> mystery, you know, because I wanted to know how to pick up girls. So I only read that pickup artist and, and this book, uh, Ken Wilber theory of everything. And the Ken Wilber's in that book, he describes, a, he calls it a quadrant model. But his quadrant model, he talks about four levels of consciousness type of thing where he says there's the uh, subjective interior consciousness, objective interior, subjective exterior, and objective exterior. You mix those four together, you get the four uh, levels of consciousness. And But it's, it's nothing like this theory of everything, because this theory of everything says that all of existence from uh, physics to, to, to chemistry to painting to everything, is there, you're going to see this dominant expression of, of the quadrant form. Uh, and of this fourfold three plus one uh, r- relationship, but it just happens to be that that was one of the only books I read had talked about the quadrant model in that book. But the thing is, I could have read any book and I would have come up with come across quadrant stuff because I'm not making this up. Everything is the quadrant model, right? You know, so. But but I think that that book really helped me to be able to discover it because in that book he he describes, uh, like explicitly this this pattern what he called he called it the holistic pattern where things transcend and include and that's how i was able to discover this remember i said that when i was i was looking at this personality model i was thinking thinking emotion doing dreaming and i thought well dreaming transcends but it includes the first three and i got that idea from reading ken wilber's book wow because he, he describes how each quadrant adds to but includes the the aspects of the quadrants before it so when I wrote out this personality model, that's how I was able to come up with that realization because I'd already been uh, exposed to that idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So did, does DNA fit into this at all? Yeah. Um, we don't have to go there yet, but there's, it, there's four four nucleobases: adenine, guanine, cytosine, and thymine. Or it, actually, it's a uh, uh, adenine, guanine, cytosine, yeah, thymine, and then in RNA, there's four which is adenine, guanine, cytosine, and uracil. So that, again, that, that's that fourth, the fourth aspect, the fourth uh, nucleobase is different. And it's also interesting that DNA, the, the nucleobases, um, they have phosphate groups in them. And phosphates are made up of a, of a phosphorus atom and four oxygen atoms in, in a quadrant formation. So this quadrant is expressing itself dominantly everywhere. And if you look at, at chemistry, especially organic chemistry, the 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 t- the chemical formation you're going to see th- that's the most pervasive is the methyl group, which is a carbon and four hydrogens, or it's or or it will be a carbon and three hydrogens connected to something else like a nitrogen or something. That's the that's the methyl group, and 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 carbon's called the miracle element because it has four valence electrons, and because of that, it's it it, it has a lot of uh. 
it, it can it can connect in ways that can make it very versatile compared to other elements. Another element that has four valence electrons is silicone, and actually carbon and silicone are both called the miracle elements. And if you think about silicone, the computer's made of silicone. The Earth is basically just one giant ball of silicone, and and basically silicone is also a quadrant. But and and, and another another interesting thing is germanium also has four valence electrons, and. Uh, germanium, you, you find that a lot in, in transductors, uh, in, in electronics. But um, but the, 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 most, the most prevalent formation you're going to find is a tetrahedral carbon and four other element formation. It takes a tetrahedral pattern. A tetrahedron is actually basically a quadrant because if you think about it, you have the carbon here, then you're going to have a hydrogen here. Hydrogen going up, hydrogen to left, hydrogen below. But even when it takes the tetrahedral formation, you're going to have just the hydrogen right here going down at an angle. Uh, on the right side, the hydrogen on the left side is going to be going down at an angle. And then there's going to be a hydrogen above and then a hydrogen below. And that's that's still a quadrant, but that, that's a tetrahedral formation. Actually, even water is a tetrahedral formation. Um, if, if you want to look at... Platonic solids again, right? Yeah, the tetrahedron is one of the platonic solids, and, and there's four of them, uh, or four main ones that represent, according to Plato, they're the four elements. So the tetrahedron was fire, and the octahedron was earth, the icosahedron was water, and the cube, no, the cube was earth, the icosahedron was water. I don't, know if the, I don't know if the icosahedron's in the first four. Oh, okay. Uh, the dodecahedron is is the ultra transcendent fifth that was God that was ether. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it, 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 in terms of the quadrant model, the, the fourth is transcendent, um, the fire. But then in Aristotle's physics, he says there's only those four. But then later in the physics, he mentions there might be there's a, there's also a fifth. But he says it's in the stars, and he says it doesn't affiliate with the first four. So the first four is a quadrant, and they're they're all connected with each other. But then the fifth. It doesn't have any any relationship with them. We're we're into a we're into a new quadrant. Um, so and even even like I was talking about silicone. Um, it turns out that the Earth's Earth's crust and and Earth is or, or just Earth itself is like ninety again like ninety nine percent or the the huge the vast percentage of everything in Earth is made up of just four elements. It's uh. Oxygen, silicone, aluminum, and iron. And that's kind of like the human body is only made up of carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen. And then uh, the atmosphere, it has four levels. Um, let, let, me, let me look up the four levels. Stratosphere. Ionosphere. Yeah. Ionosphere. Ionosphere and biosphere. Anyways, anyways, there's four of them, but the fourth one's different. The third one's more physical. Again, it's the same type of pattern. But also, the atmosphere is only made up of four gases, mainly. Like, like 99% is made up of four gases. Nitrogen, oxygen, argon, and carbon dioxide. And I learned about that in a teaching company course where they, where they drew it up as a quadrant again. And so it's just all over. I mean, how do you, how do you put this all the Like, what's going through my head now is, like, we just had Nassim, or no, um, we had... Foster Gamble. Yeah, about Thrive. And this is reminding me of that because of, of the, the, the structure field. of the, yeah, the unified field and how they're they're trying to model 
everything to the unified field, like whether it's energy or um, society or culture. Like, I mean, you can sort of mimic nature in that way. So how, how, how can we use this for this, uh, this quadrant model for good or for, you know, personal, I don't know, development, or is there any kind of like quadrant meditations or can you tap into like, how do we tap into that quadrant power? I guess. If everything's based on fours and quadrants. I discussed this in, in, in my book and actually in the last talk I gave. So they're, they're trying to come up with a, with the quantum field theory. And there's four domains of physics. One is the quantum mechanics would be the first quadrant, which is weird. The second one is classical mechanics, which is a normal one. The second quadrant is always normal. The third one is relativistic mechanics, which is more action oriented. It's about how when things move at the speed of light, time changes. That's what Einstein kind of discovered. And classical is just like, um, that's uh, Newtonian. Yeah. Newtonium. Yeah. Yeah. And these are, and then the fourth domain is quantum field theory. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to come up with a theory of everything in, in, in uh, physics. And they think that that's a theory of everything. But what I say is it's not a theory of everything and they're not going to discover it because all they're going to discover is that this pattern is all pervasive and uh, the dominant pattern of existence. And, 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 and that's, and the reason why they're not going to discover it is because the fourth is always different. It always doesn't belong. So they might discover it, but it's just the, what they're going to discover is they're going to find something weird that doesn't belong. Um, and, and quantum mechanics is a weird first one. And, and that's and all, all that existence is going to be the more that people um, scrutinize it is they're just going to see reiterations and an ensemble of like a fractal network oh, yeah. of, of this, of this pattern expressing itself. In, in all like on the dimension, I call it uh, on the dimensionally, like on the directionally, on the means, um, infinite. Yeah. Blake from the chats asked if you're familiar with Miller indices. No, who's it? I'm not sure, but, uh, he also said this guy, he's on the exact same thing. I've been pushing Ryan Merkel. Let's connect when you get a chance, sir. You are right on the money with your thought structure. Wow. What's, what's his name? His name is Blake. Because I want to look him up really quick. Blake what? Oh, I don't think, though, the guy's name that he has to be familiar with is Miller. Oh. Miller, I-N-D-I-C-I-E-S. I'll send you Blake's indices. email. Miller indices. Indices? Could be oh, indices yeah. if he's Greek. Yeah, so th this is the thing about the quadrant model is this is Plato come to life because the, 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 we have we have four we have four main domains of inquiry. Science is based around sensation, perception, response, awareness. Religion is based around belief, faith, behavior, belonging. Art is is centered around thinking, emotion, doing, dreaming. Like music is very emotional. Uh, it, 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 they they spark thoughts. They spark inquiry. Right. But then when we get into the fourth, that's philosophy, and that's what Plato was. But philosophy, we're in contemplation, passion, flowing, knowing. But what can you really know? That's what, you know, I know it was, uh, I think Aristotle said that knowing begins with sensation. That's the first quadrant. So Aristotle is more of a scientist. And that's true. You, what you know is you know the beliefs, faith, thinking, sensation, empirical data, and how all these interrelate and they're producing each other. They're informing each other. Our, you know, our 
according to according to to Jesus, if you have faith as a as a mustard seed, you could move a mountain. Maybe your your faith and your thoughts and all these are all interacting with each other. And you know, we're, we might be in some sort of dream world, like Yogananda says, right? Yeah, we're in, we're yeah. in a dream. But according to Plato, the only thing that we can really know is geometry. And and that's so. When I looked up this guy um, Miller, talks about the Miller indices, and this is just about geometry. Looks like. Uh, mathematics and 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 plato kind of put that put that on a pedestal because he said that everything derives from the world of forms the world of archetypes this the world of geometry mathematics and and he said that's the only thing that you can really know because he said that this that you know if you look at anything within this world it's imperfect anything in the in the phenomenal world's imperfect You, you look at a even even a even a triangle written on a board, it's not really a triangle. There's going to be slight deviations with it. And the, the, the world of phenomena, the, of this, of this, the, of sense data, that's not the real world. But he said, the only thing you could really know is the world of forms. And he claimed that you come, we come from the world of forms. And that's why that's, and he said that that's why we know, we know mathematics. Uh, he, he had this, this one, uh, there was one Plato's dialogue called the Mino. And in the Mino, Plato discusses, or he has he has Socrates, um, kind of dialogue with the with a slave, and the slave doesn't um, the the slave has never received any education, but he understands mathematics. He understands the relationships of geometry, and what's fascinating about the the Mino is. In it, Plato tries to tries to prove the immortality of the soul, and that he said knowledge comes from the world of forms, this mathematical world, and that we that we originate from this world of forms before we come into this world, and that's how this this slave Mino could could understand the geometry that he was uh, showing him. But what's what's really cool about this dialogue is that Socrates that the that the form he draws, a geometric form he draws in the sand to prove the immortality of the soul, to, to prove the world of forms is a quadrant. Huh. He draws 16 squares in the sand. He draws a quadrant model. Nice. And 16 personalities. Is there, um, uh, is there any connection with, uh, Thermes, uh, <coughs> Thermes, Thermes, Thoth, Thoth Hermes and the seven liberal arts and sciences. Like, does that fit into the, your four and three model at all? Yeah, that's a quadrivium and the trivium. So the, there's the four, uh, the four sci- the four sciences that are that are the quadrivium and those those were seen as more difficult and then the trivium were the three liberal arts and together they make the they make the seven hmm. seven fields but th- this is what Plato drew in the sand it was a quadrant model oh it's too bright it's for so reasons, just a quadrant yeah is the uh, so the form world or the is that but I wonder if that could be like the same as the spirit world or the underworld or you know, in different like magical rituals, you got to enter that realm and fuck around with stuff so you can come back to this realm. And it well, seems and like, like even the psychedelic when stuff, do ayahuasca yeah. or DMT, they're going into a different realm that are manifesting shape, yeah. shapes, forms. Well, not only that, and you can also you you know, it seems like you can subtly adjust reality or your your experience when you get out without even really knowing how you did it. It's sort of that same. 
Yeah, it it really blows my mind, man, that that we're in this reality, this quadrant reality. But but the but the cool thing about this is the the quadrant model kind of um, kind of makes sense of this a little bit because in in the fourth quadrant, remember we're, we're transcending the body. You're talking about what happens after after death, you know, the hell or whatever. But we have thinking, motion, doing, dreaming. Then we have contemplation, passion, flowing, knowing. Now now we're transcending the body. We're moving into the astral, the the spiritual realm. And one thing that influences it, you, you, you talked about drugs, uh, for instance, like DMT would be an example. It's called the death molecule. People call it the death molecule because it kind of uh, induces a, a state of, of, of death in the person. People say that when you die, and it's related to dreaming. This molecule is related to dreaming. Remember, dreaming is the fourth quadrant of the third quadrant, and that's pointing to death, the fourth. So the, four, the fourth quadrant of the third quadrant the fourth quadrant always points to the quadrant that comes after it. So the, the nature of the fourth quadrant is going to indicate the qualities of the quadrant that comes after it. So the fourth quadrant of the third quadrant is dreaming, and that's pointing you to death, which is the fourth quadrant, contemplation, passion, flowing, knowing. Um, and that's the, if you want to look at the four seasons, spring, winter, fall, fall is destruction, and the third quadrant is bad destruction. And then we have the fourth one, which is death. But are you guys still there? Yeah. Yeah. But we were, I was talking about DMT and DMT is like the death molecule, and and what it does is people say that that they that they're interacting with these in, these extra terrestrial types of beings, almost like gods, almost like uh, they're they're in a, some sort of spiritual realm, and 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 maybe they're getting in touch with the the with what comes after knowledge, which is being, which is which is the true reality, the truth world, and. And there's there's an idea that only God knows. Can we know anything? Only, only God can know. But but maybe you can only if you really transcend the body and you make and you're completely free of the ego body, and then you're in that realm. And that's maybe what kind of drugs can help to uh, propagate that. Yeah, that and that, yeah, and that could be the Plato's world of forms again. Yeah, and then you're getting the world of forms and, and the true world. And and then the idea is. And it's not just DMT. We talk about ecstasy. What does ecstasy mean? Ecstasy means transcendence of of the body, uh, ecstatic. And I mean, how many people say that that is the reality and this is more like a dream world? Like people say that that yeah. when they get there to that oneness, that ultimate sort of feeling of love, like that's more real than this reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so and I want to mention one more thing too is, it was cool. I was, I was listening to this one guy talk about how he said that alcohol, I forget the quote, but it's something how alcohol is the only thing that brings the truth and alcohol is called spirits. Some people call it, called it spirits in like ancient times. So alcohol also kind of can induce this transcendence of the body where people, when, when they, when they drink alcohol, they kind of, they lose their inhibitions and, and, you know, these drugs, the idea is that they can kind of promote this, this, this transcendental consciousness, this death type of consciousness. And that's what knowledge is. That's when we're getting into knowing, no thing, knowing. And in the Bible, when Adam and Eve bite out of the tree of knowledge, uh, rabbis claim, some rabbis claim there's actually four main fruits that they say that they probably ate. One of them was grapes. And they think it was that they really drank wine. And so they, they were, they were getting connected to that, to that transcendental realm and then what, why, why does God say, don't drink out of, don't, don't eat from the fruit, don't drink from the wine or whatever. He says it's because then they'll become like us, like the gods. Then you can know once you die. Only when you die can you know. 
Unless you smoke some DMT and cheat. Interesting. Yeah, then you're 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 doing the fruit of knowledge. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, that's a fun chat. Where can uh, so you've got the Facebook page? We'll link to that in the show notes. Where else can our listeners track you down if they want to know more of this stuff? Um. Yeah. Should I give them my phone number? I don't no, mind no, 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 no. I wouldn't do that. Maybe yeah, an then, email then address. Go, go to quadrantmodelofreality at gmail.com or, or quadrantreality at gmail.com. I don't know. Quadrantmodelofreality at gmail.com. Yeah. My bad. Perfect. Yeah, and quadrant, you're on Facebook, Facebook as well. And uh, Facebook, go to Ryan Merkel. And then you're going to find a ton of links that are just going to give you, inundate you with a ton of quadrant information. And then basically just, just stuff that I gathered over the last 10 years or, or really, I started really posting a lot of stuff, mainly like the last six years, but I've, I've been studying it for like the last 10 years. But, uh, and then also I would go to quad to just type in the YouTube true theory of everything quadrant model of reality one and then you'll get some videos i made in 2013 that really get into depth about the details of the different quadrants and i actually have a lot more that i haven't uh i have a lot of videos hidden right now yeah what do you plan on doing with all this in the near future i want to find a place to teach it so i want to find some sort of university or institution where i could teach this and i want to get books books out i want to get this idea promoted. And I really do think that I discovered the theory of everything that our existence is the quadrant reality. And so what I'm hoping is that the world, uh, kind of, uh, finds a way to help you get kind of, it out kind there. Of, kind of adopts this as, yeah. as a framework of understanding existence. Interesting. Um, so how, how do you, do you have this in a, are you going to put it into sort of a, a presentation? I don't know how to say it, a presentation format or like something a little more, or is that your, is that what you're going to do with your YouTube maybe? Yeah. Well, I, I would, I would say I already have a really good, uh, YouTube videos. The thing was I had them hidden for like seven years. Cause this is a crazy thing. And this is the idea that Jesus talked about actually. Cause I read the Bible a lot after this and I studied a lot. So I know a lot about it. So Jesus talked about that, the, that the stone that the built, that the builder rejects will become the capstone. And I've noticed that so many freaking times in my life <laughs> that I reject something thinking it sucks. And then it turns out that that's like the best thing. So like this YouTube video, um, in two, 2014, I rejected it. I, I, I hit all my videos cause I thought that they were blasphemous and I thought that I was going to go to hell, you know? And I became a religious fundamentalist. So I was a religious fundamentalist for a very long time. Uh, but from 2009 to 2013, I wasn't. And that's when I made these first videos. But wow. I rejected them. I thought, I thought this was bad. And I was never going to show them to anybody. But then in, in just recently, like 2020, I was looking at the videos. So I was like, man, this stuff is really good. And I stopped. And I, I started to see things clear again. And I noticed like the way that I became wasn't, wasn't true to, true to uh, reality. Like I, I wasn't authentic. And I wasn't being, uh, I, I, I didn't really, I became kind of uh, deluded. So then, then I, I looked at these videos. And I was like, wow, this is the best stuff I ever did. So I just unhit all the videos, all those videos I made from 2013. And they're really good. And they explain this stuff really in depth. And I have a lot more that are, are that I haven't unhit yet, but I plan to also, uh, unhide hide those. It's not that I, it's not that I'm trying to be like, uh, what's the word? 
like, I'm not trying to be like, uh, secretive or anything. It's just that I haven't gotten around to it. Cause I've been doing so much other stuff. Right. Right but, on. Well, we'll put you in touch with our buddy Blake too. Cause it sounds like this stuff is hitting home with him and he's been, uh, he's been, uh, hanging around in the chats of ours for a while now. And, uh, it'd be interesting to see if you guys could, could, could come together on something. Yeah, get, connect with me with as many people as possible because really I want this to spread. Yeah. I want this to, people to to accept it as you know as accurate to the way the reality is and and really I don't I don't I don't want to use like embrace it but just just recognize it and then and also I'd like to find a place to teach it. I think that will help a lot for me to be able to to teach somewhere. I feel like it's, I feel like it's, uh, it, it'll be more of like the esoteric schools or something. Like there's so much interest in all this connected symbology and the connected uh, theories. And it goes, this goes back. It connects contemporary stuff with stuff in the past. I mean, these teachers have been teaching stuff that fits in with this model for thousands of years. You know, I mean, I feel like it's kind of more, there's a lot of interest in that. It's good timing to to bring this out. Yeah. And, and I think that when I, when I first po- posted the quadrant stuff, I think that I kind of disrupted the like collective consciousness of existence. That was in 2013. And that's when a lot of shit started hitting the fan in reality. And, yeah. uh, it, it hit the, it hit the fan for me. And I think that, um, that now I'm seeing things clear and I think that I can help reality. Now I can help people, uh, to kind of break free of this, uh, this kind of chaos of consciousness that's been going on for a little, like these last few, these last like four years or whatever, it's been pretty wild. Just think about all that's been going on. Oh yeah. Wait till the next four, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Strap in right on. Ryan, well, we appreciate taking time out of your, uh, out of your personal life to come on the show and, and rap with us. And uh, we wish you all the best, and we'll put you in touch with Blake, and uh, maybe we'll have, have you back on down the road when it's coming together, and we'll do this again. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I really appreciate that, guys. I really am really thankful for you guys having me on, and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it was great, man. It was a blast. Yeah, yeah it was thanks. a fun chat. I'm sure yeah. the listeners will like it, and uh, yeah, fucking right. So we'll do this again down the road. I think you should check out the Vortex Mass stuff. And uh, then we'll get you in touch with Mr. Blake Art. He says his theory that directly correlates with what you're saying, thoughts, deeds could be charted and graphed along the lines of dimensional thought. Uh So it sounds fun. Right on, Ryan. Have a wonderful night. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Okay, bye-bye. Good one. Take care. And that was a chat with Ryan Merkel. What'd you think, buddy? Yeah, it was fun. That was good. I mean, it, honestly, it's, it's his work is, uh, I don't know how somebody, how they put, I mean, you know, we come across uh, researchers like this and they, there's so much information in this website, you know, the quad, quadrant model summary, there's 42, so 59 summaries. 59 summaries? Yeah. And there's the science What's and religion. And it goes all, it's, you know, it's, it's unbelievable, right? Have you been going down a quadrant theory rabbit hole? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's 30. Did you get a 33? <laughs> the swastika pose. What? That's 33. <laughs> the swastika yoga pose. 
The the uh, the swastika auspicious pose, yeah. Well, it doesn't just say swastika; it's a swastika sauna. Oh, swastika yoga, yeah, that's <laughs> perfect. <All right>. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a link. I mean, to that, that was a show. really powerful symbol for the good before, you know. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Is it seriously number thirty-three? Yeah. Nice. We'll put yeah. a link to that in the show notes. Uh, big thanks to Ryan for coming on the show. I think we're one of the first shows he's done. I, yeah, it was good. I mean, honestly, it's so there's yeah. so much information there. I was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Big thanks to Ryan for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you can, guys, if you're getting some value from the show, if you like the little show we're doing here, and you'd like to keep it going, help us get to maybe a thousand episodes one day. We're almost at five hundred. Uh, go to grandamerica.ca/support today. Sign up for monthly. We got a Stripe option, PayPal option, Patreon option. You can send cash stashed in a book, whatever the fuck. If you want to give us money, we will find a way and we will use it to grow the show and just help do Gramerica stuff and just, you know, help build an empire that can maybe one day not get knocked over because fucking Mark Zuckerberg said so. So Gramerica.ca slash support. If you're getting a little value from the show, send a little value back our way. Did you see that? Did you see that? Link to the to the old ferry for sale. What Speaking old, of empires, old ferry. <laughs> yeah, instead of a cruise ship, there's an old ferry. We could just do that. It's not an just empire. Actually, it's a hegemony. Yeah. Can you sleep on a ferry? Oh, you'd have to retrofit it completely, but like with plumbing and like I it's hard know. to add plumbing <laughs> on a boat. This is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be good to get We'd one that's to... plumbed in already. <laughs> do you just dump the shit in the ocean when it's full? Uh, pro- yeah, probably. Because yeah. I could, like, brush my teeth with salt water, I think. Yeah. Just pipe in the salt water straight out of the ocean. I could brush my teeth with that, shower with that. Just need the fresh water for drinking. We could, like, collect rainwater. Or we'll get a desalinator. Yeah, they have those. They just, you know, they're just not allowed to be put into use. Can we get one for the boat? Sure. We'll just have to buy it in international waters with cash. We'll have to buy it <laughs> off the black dark web. We can do it at the same time as we get our little mini nuke. Not weapon, but power source. Power source. Yeah. yeah. Little fifty, sixty thousand dollar backyard nuke good for a hundred years. <whistles> Away we go. All right, guys. Uh grandmarket.ca slash support. If you can, when you can, do all the stuff in the show notes. We love you. Be kind to each other. Uh thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Five pink flamingos and a few flamenco dancers they're in the kitchen and they're baking day of the dead cookies and i step into the kitchen and i'm like let me have a looky see what kind of cookie you're cooking up and they're looking up at me skeptical and i point next to my spectacles and i'm wearing a maroon harvard t-shirt yeah, I know I'm a smart cookie, but I'm no psychic. You can come and ring my bell. But where we're gonna end up in the future, I can never tell. I can never tell. Me and five of my best friends, and a few of my enemies. We're at the coffee shop And we're settling our differences Benjamin Otto 
pulls out a game of Chinese checkers And he orders a cappuccino And I pick blue and he picks red and you pick yellow And I'm wearing a tie-dye peace sign t-shirt Yeah, I know I'm a peacenik, but I ain't no hypocrite You can come and ring my bell But where we're gonna end up in the future, I can never tell I can never tell One bell One man And with my sense of smell, I can smell the salt in your tears I can sense your fears You're hoping for a bit of divinity In this worldly vicinity And you understand the fragility of the human vessel And you sit Indian style like a pretzel And you levitate to a transcendental state when you meditate And you levitate to a transcendental state when you meditate And you levitate to a transcendental state